Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Oh, you want great new inventory? They've got it for Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. Yeah. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. All right. So let's get to our play-by-play call of the day. The Canadians sweep the Jets, courtesy of overtime. Suzuki can't get it to the net. Blocked by Pullman. As they battle in the corner, Caulfield picks it up in front, scores! Series winner, Tyler Topoli! And the Canadians are the kings of the North! It's been remarkable what they've done. They've had a great run. Give them credit. Credit is due. They've earned it. And the Montreal Canadiens are now part of the final four. Now, this is where it becomes a mystery. Because at this point now, for Montreal, the team they're about to face, which will be the same story for everybody else who advances to the final four, will be teams they've never seen before. They haven't played them all year. That'll make it interesting. We're back to another great suit point. The suit always hated Super Bowls or the teams that met during the regular season. Why? You know who we're dealing with. Come on. <laughs> yeah, true. You've been in the staff meetings. <laughs> oh, my almighty! He's our guy. All right. So... Let's now get to our good friend, Neil Kulong, our guru, to talk about the NFL. Neil, welcome back. Great to have you with us. It's always a great day when you know that I'm coming on and you know the first thing we're going to talk about is Mason Rudolph. Absolutely. Uh, you got to give Mason credit. He has absolute confidence in himself and his own game, even though it might not uh, match up with the confidence other people have. What did you think about his statement? I, I thought <laughs> this is terrible. I don't feel like I should even say it, but no, oh, go ahead. We're among friends, you know what the heck. I, I I felt like this was lights in prime time for him. Like he practiced that exact statement many times over, knowing that this is what he was going to say at some point when the team kindly trots out two players to to speak to the media and as, as as a whole. Um, Supreme confidence, um, yeah. It, it, I, you know, you don't want him to say, "Well, you know what? I just hope that I still have a job." Um, <laughs> right. You appreciate that, exactly. Yeah, no doubt. I I did notice this. He he did say, 
I want to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I want to start for my team. Um, his current team is the Steelers. Now he has, he has another year after this one. And next training camp, next you know, this time next year is, is um, really make or break for Rudolph. That might not even be true. It might even be decided for him before that. So he's going to need to approach this as if he's going to get a legitimate shot uh, to be the starting quarterback for the Steelers next season. Um, his ability to win that remains to be seen. Um, to his credit, we, we have seen him improve. I, I did like what I saw in the way that he played against the Browns. More than anything, it, it seemed like he played with that same kind of confidence that he spoke yeah, in today. Right. He, he seemed to have that kind of quasi-panache um, playing a, a, a kind of a listless Browns team. It wasn't really like they were going all out or anything. But he, he delivered a couple good passes. There were a couple plays where it was like, okay, you know, I, I don't think we would have seen that uh, from, from the previous Rudolph that we've known and seen. Where is he going to be after one more training camp now? Where is he going to be after another training camp? I, I'm interested in that. And it really it's weird because you don't see uh, NFL quarterbacks getting that much time. Not Not to say that they're getting cut off too early or not to say that they really have these plans for Rudolph. It's just that the Steelers' backup quarterbacks have been just that. They've been backups. It's yep. never been a question of this guy is going to start eventually. You know, they've, they've never groomed anybody for this. Um, you know, Ben sat on the bench for, what, seven quarters or something like that before he got in action. Um, anybody else was, you know, really just not a, 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 a legitimate NFL starter anymore. Usually it was a, a previous starter that's now a backup or it was a guy that was drafted to be a backup. Rudolph was kind of the, the middle ground of that, and you weren't really sure. I mean, clearly the team is giving him some reason to think that there is still a chance. Um, I don't want to say that where we sit right now that he will or he won't. I will say for where we are on June 8, 2021, something obvious and noticeable will have happened if 365 days from now we are talking about Mason Rudolph, the starting quarterback. Um, we, we would have had to have seen something. If they have discarded any and all other options and just kind of defaulted it to Rudolph without anything that, that we can see, it, it, that doesn't seem like a good thing to me. I think if, if something were to happen to, to Roethlisberger, um, Rudolph was to go in and do a lot of really great things, you have your starter and you know that. I think if on an, on an even plane, this time next year, if nothing else happened, there is no way that they have not uh, probably kept uh, Dwayne Haskins and probably drafted somebody. So there very well could be uh, something of a two, two-and-a-half to three-quarterback race for the starting quarterback job, which I think is, is probably a bad situation for the Steelers. As Bill Parcells famously said, when you have two quarterbacks, you have one. Right. <laughs> I said that backwards. When you have one court, yeah, if you have it, two, idea, two quarterbacks, you have none. None. Thank you. That's yes. the word I was looking for. But if you are in a situation where you know ahead of time this is your guy, I think it's good. I think something probably bad would have happened to the Steelers this season. But if they are able um, to make other moves to really kind of make uh, Rudolph probably one of the higher paid back of quarterbacks in the league next year, that's really where they want to be. And uh, we will see if that's the way it, it turns out. But either way, you know, Rudolph is still going to be auditioning for other jobs. 
pretty much with every snap he takes. He doesn't have any long-term security. It's not a position that uh, it really has a middle ground to that. You're either on a rookie quarterback contract, you're on a veteran contract, or you're Ryan Fitzpatrick jumping from team to team to team every year for a century. You know, you, you need to be able to find some kind of foothold in something. And Rudolph just might be on that, you know, fairly lucrative uh, backup quarterback circuit. That, that very well could happen. I'm not sure if he has a, a, a good pathway to be a starting quarterback without showing uh, perhaps more than he has at this point. If, if right. he does get the job and all things were equal the whole time, I don't think that's the situation the Steelers want. Is this... Um also in part um, a line in the sand moment for Mason Rudolph in regards not to Ben Roethlisberger but to the presence of Dwayne Haskins on the roster I think with Haskins and I'll, I'll throw this in as well because you, you can everything you just said you can say the same thing about Josh Dobbs mm-hmm. so the Steelers signed Dobbs a mm-hmm. veteran who's been around mm-hmm. he's above the, the first tier of, of salary nowadays, mm-hmm. you're bringing him in to compete in camp. And to me, what that really says is we're not going to let the guy we picked up after he got cut from his rookie deal because really he didn't put the work in that he needed to. And a highly reputable, highly esteemed coach in the league is the one who's saying that publicly. You know, it, Ron Rivera didn't mince words about what Dwayne Haskins did uh, in his time in Washington. Right. He, he didn't didn't you know try to cover it up at all he didn't study hard he didn't put the work in that he needed to mm-hmm. he should be a lot better than he is yeah. they're not going to let Dwayne Haskins walk into this season thinking that all he needs to do is just kind of coast and then compete against Mason Rudolph for a starting job next year right. they brought in Dobbs in my opinion to send the message to Haskins and perhaps Rudolph as well okay. that this this is less open than you think it is one of you guys are getting cut so we need to think about how it is we're going to structure this. You're going to be asked to go in here and compete. And on top of that, I really don't think Ben Roethlisberger is going to take a ton of snaps in the preseason. So you guys are, are going to play uh, quite a bit, and yeah. you need to make the most of it if you want to make this team. So as far as Rudolph versus Haskins goes, um, I think the acquisition of Dobbs says the same thing. Haskins is not just going to walk into the third-string quarterback job here. Um, on top of that, you know, we don't have to dress a third quarterback. So right. uh, practice squad is an option here. You know, they, they just announced, I think this week, wasn't it? That they're they're going to keep the, the same practice squad rules that they had last year. Yeah, it sounds like um, yeah. it. Haskins is eligible for that. So if, if he wants to get paid, a, 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 you know, even the veteran minimum for his level this mm-hmm. season, he's going to have to earn it. And I, I think that's the right message to send. The reason he's in Pittsburgh is because he didn't cut it in Washington. I mean, really – it, it, you look at Washington over the last several years, it's pretty hard to, to not lock down a starting quarterback job there. You know, the, the Washington was basically begging Kirk Cousins to take a contract. Yes. He wasn't going to do it. So yeah. they, they, they've had a tough time filling that spot. They drafted Haskins to not have to worry about that anymore, and that didn't work out. So if you can't cut it there, if you don't get the job done there, I you know, they're, they're really, really anxious to get a quarterback in there playing. Um Haskins should have clued into the fact that his star is no longer on the rise. He is the lowest of the low, and he's going to have to earn whatever he gets from now on. There's absolutely no doubt where they sit today. Rudolph has a a, a substantial advantage. Um, 
Rudolph has done what the team has asked him to do. Mm-hmm. They drafted him. He's been there. He's been a teammate. He's had to be a spot starter. He's he's taken the abuse from the media. He's battle tested in Pittsburgh. Haskins is is nothing. So uh, he's at the bottom. And to, yeah. to make matters worse for him, to circle it all back to the beginning, they brought in the guy that they thought a lot of to take in the fourth round. Um, the only reason they, they got rid of Josh Dobbs is because mm-hmm. they got a fifth-round pick from Jacksonville. That's right. Yeah. Otherwise, imagine this. You and I have talked about this a bunch. The the the, the story of Duck Hodges never would have been if right. the Jaguars didn't offer a fifth-round pick randomly for right. Josh Dobbs. So it, Steelers obviously have a, a, a good amount of respect for him. Yeah. Um, Haskins isn't just going to walk in and take anybody's job. Right. With that in mind, I, I know it's snippets. But does that put a little more in the preseason for Rudolph and these guys just to cement and say, hey, look, you know, you, look, I'm getting better. You can see it. Would that help him along the way? I, I definitely think it would. I mean, he's, he's going to have to show, um, you know, here's the thing. I think it was Ben that said it, and I think a lot of this is, is kind of Ben hyperbole. Um, <laughs> he can throw a ball through a car wash and have it not get wet. I mean, that, that's that's obviously extreme. Sure. He's got a good arm. He has an NFL arm for sure. He doesn't look like it. He really doesn't. Uh, he doesn't have the size. He doesn't really move in the way that you think a, a, a strong arm quarterback does. But he, he's got it. He can make the throws. Um, he's mobile enough. You know, he, he he can set his feet and, and deliver the ball when he needs to. But there are so many mental lapses. There are so many little things that he doesn't do. Um, it, it's frustrating to think of what he could be, and I'm not saying that that he's gifted with you know an all pro everything except for the stuff that he's not doing. But right. he's he's got talent. Um, I don't I didn't think he was probably a, a, a mid first round guy either. I think he was probably more of a later round one mm-hmm. uh, type of prospect. But there's a lot to work with there. You, you have to like what you have in him. Um, I think he can come in and show that he has the physical ability because he absolutely does. And perhaps he looks better doing it. Perhaps he's taking well to whatever coaching that he's been getting. He can go out there and, and show that he not only belongs on the field, but he can run the scout team, and he's going to do well doing it. From there, if he's putting in the work, he's going to have to be the first one in, last one out, if he wants to be seriously uh, um, considered as a candidate to take over next season. He's going to have to outwork everybody, and he's starting from behind the eight ball. Um, it's a tough spot to be in, but at the same time, it's like it's it's a pretty clear path of what you need to do if if you're Dwayne Haskins. And I, for me, ability wise, if he can come together, he can grow up a little bit and and put the work in. I don't see any reason why he can't be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I don't think he's Patrick Mahomes, but I, I right. think he can be a, a reasonable player. I definitely think he's got more talent than than Rudolph does. Yeah. Um, probably the same level of, of athleticism unfortunately but yeah. that's something they can work around um he can throw the ball i mean that that's sort of the primary function of a quarterback now you have to be able to deliver the ball so um with that yeah i mean, it, it, i don't i think he is going to earn everything that he gets in pittsburgh up to and including right. a, a, a release after training camp ends gotcha how do you view the safety depth and the options there um, they've got plenty of it, that's for sure. I mean, the options are there. Um, outside of, of Mason Rudolph speaking to the media, the one thing we do know is Malik Hooker uh, does not have a job, and he's from Pittsburgh. That has been the, the primary and, conversation. And a player in college I liked. Yeah, I I, I, I thought he'd be a little bit better. Um, I think, and I'm choosing my words carefully here, I think there are 
some interesting decisions that happen in Indianapolis. I, I think <laughs> defensively they've been really kind of a hot and cold team. They've been trying to change that quite a bit, and they're, they're getting better and better. Indianapolis is a good football team. Um, I don't think they should have ended up where they did last year in a lot of ways. I think their defense really kind of led them to that. But um, I, the safety position has such a, a strange market nowadays. You can understand for the same reasons that the Steelers are not picking up Terrell, option, Terrell Edmonds' option. Um, mm-hmm. He's a good player. There's no doubt he's a good player. But even at uh, – what's his option number? Six and a half million, something like that? Yeah, it's six and a half. That's, that's really, really high. Uh, for a player who's not making plays left and right the way that you, you'd hope somebody as athletic as Terrell Edmonds would. If you were to bring in Malik Hooker, where the, the Steelers are situated today, it would seem to me uh, the depth role that he plays would fit very much in line with, with what's typical for a Steelers' um, uh, third, fourth, even fifth safety. He's going to have to come in and play special teams. Does Malik Hooker want to play special teams? Do the Steelers want to sign a player coming off what's usually known as a, a pretty severe injury um, on what's probably a one-year contract because he's going to have to play through and show that he can still play in a place that he's not going to get on the field as a safety. He's just going to be chasing kicks. Uh, barring injury to Minka Fitzpatrick or Terrell Edmonds, you know, it, a safety in Pittsburgh isn't going to play. So I don't know if there's a great fit there. I do think, though... Um, especially with local guys who happen to be coming in the area like hookers seem to, to be doing, um, they might, you know, give him a cup of coffee and, and ask him how his leg's doing, you know, find out how, how healthy he is. Um, I don't know to the degree that they can test him or anything like that, but keeping notes, because you never know what, what might happen in camp. They might need a, a, a safety to come in and play right away. Maybe hooker's a better option than, than Arthur Rollett, who they just signed away from the Jets who played safety and cornerback. Um, doing due diligence is common across the league and it happens a lot more often than people think it's just when the, the guy who's coming into town happens to be from Pittsburgh um, it happens in that stretch of time around Memorial Day when there's not really anything else to talk about people are going to make it in a far bigger deal than it really is so on top of that you've got the financial issue as well would, would Pittsburgh even be able to afford him um, hmm. If they're bringing in Hooker with the plans of trading Terrell Edmonds, then then maybe. But I I don't think there's a fit there right now. I think by and large um, he wouldn't be. He probably would price himself out of what the Steelers would want out of the role that they need a safety to play. So to me though, it does suggest they're shopping for a bargain, and maybe there's another one out there that isn't a Hooker, and they just want to to keep tabs on him. Because odds are excellent, he's going to be a free agent next season, and maybe next season's a better fit for him. Um, smart teams do that. You're, you're going to find out who's out there, who's available. They have relationships with everybody. So I don't think it's too big of a deal right now. And maybe if Hooker doesn't have any other options and he wants to play for $1 million a year, which I really don't think that he will, um, he, he could be available for him. But I, for me, I, I don't think he's the one to look at. I think there are others out there. Um, that you're going to see released for one reason or another uh, that the Steelers might try to, to pick up during, maybe even after training camp. Well, we feel like a smarter show when you're on. So, sir, thank you so much. That is an excellent compliment. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good day. That is, of course, our good friend Neil Kulong talking about the Steelers. Uh, along the way, uh, several questions from the suit. 
Can I get discounted tickets? Okay, what happened to Terry Bradshaw? Why isn't Franco Harris our running back? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Said. Back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WK. Okay. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai. Best in new inventory. I mean, the best. Also, great pre-owned inventory. If that's what the budget says you have to go with, hey. Can't ask for better, especially with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It is Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Phillies and Braves open up uh, Citizens Bank Park. Both teams are under 500 right now. It's the Mets setting the pace. Three and a half up on the Braves and four up on the Phillies at this stage. And, of course, uh, Roman Quinn out for the year, ruptured left Achilles. But they took Scott Kingery, and they sent him out. They outrighted him. And basically admitted that his contract was a mistake. Outright to AAA Lehigh Valley. Kingery went through waivers unclaimed by other teams. He continues to be paid his big league salary, which is $4 million this season, $6 million next year, $8 million in 2023. But remember, the outright assignment means he is no longer a part of the Phillies' 40-man roster. I mean, last year, the COVID year hit 159. Everybody's like, okay. But it just didn't improve. Played sparingly during his time in the majors. 19 plate appearances, struck out 12 times. But see, they did something I, I don't like. Okay. They wanted him to change his swing. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not big on people changing. I mean, he got this far in life playing the way he plays. I, I'm not crazy about that. So... He's got the money, but let's face it, he wants to be he wants to play. And he's twenty seven years old now. Now, does he have time? Yeah, he still has time. But again, by being outrighted, he's off the forty man roster. This is a player that showed a lot of potential. And then the wheels came off the wagon. I mean the COVID year it's like really set him back so far. Wow.
Even the Yankees didn't take a chance on him. Well, I can't blame them. Have you seen your team? I have, which <laughs> exactly, which means that we he I'm would joke. be no it's use. A joke. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. If you were a complete every, player, that'd be a different story. Oh, let's let's go through the long list of complete players of the Yankees. That's what now. I'm saying. There's no complete players right now on this Yankees roster. Oh, I think Judge is. Judge is a complete Yeah, but he player. can't stay healthy. When I mean complete, I mean can play defense, can hit all consistently, and can stay available and stay healthy. There's nobody on this Yankees roster that can right now. I figure if I just brought it up, you'd get angry. <laughs> and there you go. And to your credit, you did. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Yeah. When they're now writing articles, which major league pitchers are now doing no hitter? That's not good. The league wide batting average right now is 236. Wow. And one of the candidates is pitching tonight, Walker Bueller. This guy is a tremendous... He's playing facing the Pirates tonight. <laughs> I mean, you're the thing. Well, I'd, buy, I'd buy a ticket <laughs> just for the possibility. <laughs> See, Jack Flaherty. Okay? Now, a guy that when he pitched at Medler Field, LeBron Park, he was at Aberdeen at the time, Kevin Gosman. He, he was the best pitcher I saw in a particular year, he went out there and went, my goodness, I said, this guy's got it. And he's now coming to his own. He had a good 2020, Gosman did. You realize, team, you know what hitters are hitting against him this year? How about 156? Flaherty's batting average against him, 171. Lance Lynn, 192. Shohei Otani, 190. Freddie Peralta. How about 133? And then here's another guy. Zach Wheeler of the Phillies. Zach Wheeler, they're only hitting 200 against him this year. He has 100 strikeouts and 82 and a third, Zach Wheeler does. Wheeler's a much better pitcher than people give him credit for. Then there's some other guys that deep into their career could do it. Johnny Cueto, Zach Greinke, David Price, Chris Sale, Steven Strasburg, Adam Wainwright. So there you go. I mean, when they're writing articles about who's throwing the next no-hitter, that's not good. I'm reliving 1968 all over again. When, um... Do you realize that when Bob Gibson had 1.12 ERA in 1968, 
The batting average against him was 128. 128. That's the record, by the way. 128. That's when they decided to lower the mound. Look, they know they have a problem, right? And the problem was created by Major League Baseball. They created it. It's amazing how you sit down and you do something, and they announce what they're doing, and you sit back and say, what are you doing? Why is that? When they announced the new baseballs, remember we talked about this. We said, what are they doing? Why don't you want them to fly farther? And then you find out they've got a little film on them. Oh, now they got to come up with this new deal about, well, we're going to really start looking for uh, doctored baseballs. How much doctoring do you need? You helped them out. They know they have a problem. Everybody else is going for more offense, except Major League Baseball. But, yeah, the Phillies, and Kingery, outrighted. Quinn, who struggles hitting anyways, out for the year. I mean, Moore's been out. I mean, they've had guys. I mean, they've had a lot of guys hurt. I mean, you know, Gregorius has been banged up. You know, Kinsler has a neck strain. Well, they got the Braves coming up tonight at Citizens Bank Park, and the last we checked, the net is—it's all good. Net's all good. Didn't think we'd have to check that out, but yeah. The net collapsed. That was our play-by-play call of the day yesterday. A net collapsing. You don't see it that often. I thought that was perfect. Welcome to another year of Phillies baseball. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. Crocker was his usual self. Net malfunction. Wow. It's our play-by-play call of the day. Something falling down. I mean, kudos to Citizens Bank Park with the way they Uh, they, played that yesterday. They got it back up fast. They got it back up fast. Well, not only that, too, but the way they handled it while they were putting it back up with the different music in the background, like they had fun with it. Instead of making it a potentially awkward situation, they made it fun and the fans enjoyed it. I think that's what made the whole thing so funny to me. No, I give them credit. And not only that, to their credit, they put it back up fast. I mean, they knew what to do. They did. It was in 20 minutes. Yeah, that's remarkable. It takes 20 minutes to close the roof, and it rains at uh, Milwaukee. I'd say Toronto, but they don't play in Toronto anymore. Although I saw Montreal had fans last night. That's the first time I've seen fans at a Canadian-based game. I think they may be the only ones, but I couldn't tell, though, if Winnipeg may have had a very small amount because you saw people in, like, every other fifth seat. So, I, the, But I couldn't tell if it was game day staff there or if it was actual fans. They could have, they could have been fans. And Winnipeg in the playoffs always wears white. Right. 
So, you know, they have white seats to go with the white-shirted fans. But yeah, definitely Montreal had the most amount of fans in the arena in Canada so far. Well, now they get to cross the border. Now it gets to be mysterious. I mean, the next team they play, they haven't played. They haven't played. The team they're about to play, Montreal, is a team they have not played at minimum in 15 or 16 months, maybe even 17 months. And also this, too. If Montreal were to get to the Stanley Cup final, we could have, we we will have kind of a throwback to how things used to be in like the 60s and 70s where they could face an Eastern Conference team. And I would love, as much as I hate the Boston Bruins, I would love to see Montreal-Boston Cup final. Why do you hate the Bruins? Because, like, they're good? (laughs) That's your problem? I mean, you're still hanging on to those two Stanley Cups that were won 45 years ago? I just hate all the Boston teams. Because they're good? <laughs> like they accomplish things that your teams should well, be that, accomplishing? I think, I think all their fan bases are spoiled. You know, I, yeah. I'm not I'm not a big fan of the announcing crew for the Bruins. I've heard them do a few games. I just, eh. Talk about Jack Edwards? Yes. Yeah, a, lot people, a lot of people have said that about him. I really, you know, I've never really heard him call a game. I remember him at ESPN, but I never really heard him call a game. He might as well just have a pair of headphones in the stands. It, it's it's quite nauseating, in my opinion. But what if he were your guy? I would still be thinking, eh, I think he could back off a little bit. What about the guy that chants, let's go Shikalimi, right in the middle of a, right before a play starts? Get the lingerie on the deck, call the janitor. <laughs> Boy, if they score this touchdown, I'll be able to buy a new coffee table. All right. <laughs> Get a little personal there, are we? Oh, my almighty. <laughs> I shouldn't have let that slip out. All right. We'll come back, wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. So if you got the crosshairs, you got the you got the laser, you can put it right on my chest, I'll take full responsibility. I'm raising the stakes right now. If this is a poker game, I'm shoving my chips to the middle of the table. I'm raising the ante, anybody wants in, get in. Anybody wants out, get out. Okay? This team is going to the playoff. Well, he got him to the Super Bowl with Kerry Collins at quarterback. They lost to the Ravens with, I want to say, 35-7. to 
But they blew out the Vikings with Randy Moss at wide receiver in the NFC Championship game. Uh, Jim Fossil passed away at the age of 71. He's a good coach. And his son's been a really good special teams coach in the NFL. And 71 years of age. Well, more on the college football playoff coming up tomorrow. Uh, I mean, they're still in the initial stages of what to do. It's just interesting. The SEC is the one that's pushing really hard on getting more teams in because they want more at-large spots. I don't blame them. The Big Ten should be pushing the same thing, more at-large spots. How many times would Penn State have made it under this thing? They would have made it three times. Three times Penn State would have made it in a five-year span. Or three times in a four-year span, they would have made the college football playoff under this. And that's, you know, that would have been great for the Big Ten because each team you get in is more money for your conference. It's one of the re- and the, look, the SEC and the Big Ten, and I think Tony Knopp had it exactly right. He always has it exactly right. But there is a separation now of Big Ten SEC financially compared to the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. The ACC, you know, don't get fooled, all right? Uh, because the ACC, which has done fine in a lot of ways, but their TV contract goes into the 2030s. They have no way of getting more money into the coffers unless it's from the college football playoff. They have no way of doing it. Because their contract, they're, that's it. They're, you know, Jim Phillips is now the commissioner of the ACC. There's nothing to negotiate. It's a big problem. Meanwhile, the Big Ten is coming up for negotiation right away. And, of course, the SEC has already hit the uh, jackpot with CBS out and ESPN anting up more. The Big Ten is next on the negotiating list, and the Big Ten is going to get more money, guys. The Pac-12 is not. The Big 12 might get some. But the Big Ten is going to get, I think, is going to get a big big number. Look, they've got the markets. They've got Washington, Baltimore, New York, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, Minneapolis, Lincoln, Omaha, Des Moines. We've got all those markets. I realize that when it comes to Shikolami and the Sunbury, I mean, the suit tries to explain that Danville's in the metro area. 